Which Republican has the best shot to beat Tony Evers this fall, Phil? According to the numbers, it sounds like it's Rebecca Clayfish. But is it? It's incredibly early in the race, and there's lots of room for movement. And who knows what will happen by November of 2022. Well, let's talk about it today on Center Stage with Milford and Hans, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hans. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are two-fifths of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. I would say we're probably the most debatable two-fifths. So Tony Evers will be seeking a second four-year term this fall. Tony Evers, the accidental governor. I still think that Tony Evers, he won that election back in 2018 because Wisconsin was just sick and tired of Scott Walker. And I think a lot of people could have won that election. Uh, I'm not sure Tony Evers was particularly anything special about his run in 2018. And I'm not sure he's anything special as governor so far. So I think he's vulnerable in 2022. Well, by golly, they also didn't like Donald Trump. Evers is about as far opposite from Trump as you can get. Trump's a big show and a big talker and says whatever comes to his mind, whether it's true or not. And Evers doesn't say a whole lot and is just trying to do his job and is kind of a competent administrator. And that's about it. I'm not sure competent is quite accurate. He's an adequate administrator. (laughs) Well, adequate's better than competent, right? (laughs) I'm not sure. In any case, he's up for re-election. I think the biggest race actually will be Ron Johnson's re-election because that will have national implications. Ron Johnson running for U.S. Senate has been pegged by a lot of news agencies that analyze this as the most vulnerable Republican senator this next time around. So I think that's going to get a lot of attention And that might even dominate this race. But, of course, here in Wisconsin, who's going to be governor is a very big deal because the Republicans control the legislature and they're likely to in the future thanks to redistricting. And so Evers is kind of the last check on Republican power in Wisconsin, even though we're a purple state. Are you saying that he's like the goalie to uh, Wisconsin? (laughs) He is, just like your recent cartoon. And we have at least – Three Republicans lining up to challenge Governor Evers. And maybe more. Rebecca Clayfish is considered the front runner for a bunch of reasons. One of them is very early on, former Governor Walker endorsed her. Yeah. Now, subsequent to that, Donald Trump, the former Republican president, he said Sean Duffy should get in. He was all set to endorse Sean Duffy, which is an unspoken diss, I think, of Rebecca Clayfish and even Scott Walker, even though Scott Walker has managed to get along just fine with Donald Trump. But that certainly sent a message that Trump's willing to endorse somebody else. And and the Trump endorsement could be a big deal in this primary. Some of his endorsed candidates haven't been doing all that well in various other races nationwide. So it's not like he's got the golden touch and whoever he endorses will necessarily win the primary. But it can't wait. Duffy didn't jump in. Duffy didn't So jump. there's not that much influence there, I guess. You would think that if it was a job that Duffy wanted, this would be a good year to run. Maybe Duffy mm-hmm. just doesn't want to be governor. Maybe that's just too much work for somebody that's more of a reality TV star than <laughs> I think he's doing. He is a serious politician. I think he's out in D.C. a lot doing lobbying. He's probably making more doing that. Rebecca Clayfish, nonetheless, 
is the front runner, not just because she's got, uh-oh, the establishment behind her, which you could argue is her strength and her potential weakness, given that so many in the Republican Party dislike the establishment, even when they become the establishment. But there's also polling. She was the lieutenant governor for Scott Walker for eight years. Let's remember that lieutenant governors tend to not do very well in elections. The last lieutenant governor who was governor was Scott McCallum. The boy governor, right? boy governor who was summarily beaten after a couple years by Jim Doyle. Prior to that, you had Marty Schreiber, who was lieutenant governor, and he had actually been a cabinet secretary, so he did more than uh, your typical lieutenant governor. He lost pretty quickly, too. So there's not a great track record, but in the Republican Party in particular, I, I think women tend to do well. We'll get to uh, Kevin Nicholson here in a minute, who's also running. But, you know, Kevin Nicholson did lose to Leah Vukmir when they were running for U.S. Senate in 2018. And both Leah uh, Vukmir and Rebecca Clayfish are more of the establishment candidates in both those races. Yeah. I think the establishment has some power in Wisconsin. I mean, the party is the Republican Party is a strong party in Wisconsin. Latest Marquette poll. This came out last week? Early March. Oh, yeah, last week. Mm -hmm. Rebecca Clayfish is leading the field with 30% saying they would vote for her in the primary. And then Kevin Nicholson is behind her at 8, and Timothy Ramtham is behind that at 5%. So the winner right now is undecided. The winner right now is undecided (laughs) by a a, a landslide. Undecided (laughs) is winning. I love that guy. 54%. And I don't think a lot of people know much about Timothy Ramtham. He just got into the race, and he was a very low-profile backbencher assemblyman before before this. He but, was only elected in 2018, I believe. Yeah. So, I, had, I had never heard of him. I'd never even seen his suits before this. No. <laughs> He's got the sweet suits. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 he looks a lot classier than he sounds. Well, but it's a, it's salmon and it's like robin egg blue. And, you know, it's these very flashy, bright, eastery color <laughs> suits that he which wears. Which is kind of cool. Which you is got, a thing. You got to pull it off. All right. I you guess know. he pulls it off. Well, I'm not sure he does, but you got to pull <laughs> it off. More more power to him. for That's the best thing about I can say about Timothy Rantham is he's got interesting taste in fashion. Um, <laughs> so Clayfish is way ahead in terms of 30%, but that's, you got to imagine the people that know are sort of like the in-the-party establishment Republicans who are working to get Republicans yeah. elected. These aren't the person on the street who's thinking about voting. And there's a lot of votes out there left to get. And depending on how this race plays out, I could honestly see either Kevin Nicholson or, God forbid, Timothy Rantham getting a ton of votes in Wisconsin. Well, let's talk about Rebecca Clayfish just for a second. She's around 46 years old. She's a former TV reporter slash anchor in Milwaukee before she ran for lieutenant governor. She's probably best known as part of the Act 10 era. Yeah. When they took power away from the unions in the state, that still is very popular with Republicans. And very unpopular with Democrats. But it's kind of lost some of its flash. I mean, to be interesting now, you don't talk about Act 10. You talk about whether Trump lost or not, and you say he didn't I yeah. mean, in, in, in a lot of the Republican and circles. She, and, and she's gone from being a candidate who— openly admitted that Joe Biden won the 2020 election, uh, and this was several months ago, and now she won't 
answer the question. She's backpedaled and she's shown a real lack of spine or backbone to stand up to what she said in the past. Yeah, there's some wishy-washiness there as she tries to pick up some of that resurgent. The anti-democratic vote, and I'm not saying anti-democratic <laughs> isn't Republican, I'm saying people that don't like the way the elections are run and don't believe in representative democracy, the Republican Party right now. I think she does personally, but she's too scared to say so. She's an establishment candidate, obviously, and she's got to pretend that she isn't to some degree to stay ahead in yeah, this she, race. She's got to pre- pretend she doesn't know exactly how Wisconsin elections work and that there was absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with the 2020 election. I mean, she knows that the, she knows that it was fine, but she's too chicken to tell the truth now, which is what all these Republicans are doing. It's how you win, unfortunately. Here's a clip from her from, I think, last week at CPAC talking about some of the themes that she's going to run against Tony Evers on, including crime and control of the schools, inflation and radical mandates. Here's a little bit of that. What are the changes you're seeing in Wisconsin? Obviously, you have a Democrat governor. What has what has he done that hasn't been working? And is it reflective of what we're seeing in the rest of the country? Everything, Mercedes, <laughs> everything that our Democrat governor has been doing is not working. And thankfully, we have a Republican legislature right now, but they're at loggerheads every single day. So that means we're not making progress. Right. And what Tony Evers, our terrible governor, has done is be the architect of today's status quo, which means violent crime is on the rise, 9% year over year. Did you know Milwaukee has more cars stolen today than in Chicago? It's not just violent crime that's on the rise. It's also education. How many of you are so frustrated that we've had two years of this virtual experiment and now we still have kids in and Wisconsin who are And it's so masked. obvious, too. Governor Evers works against the legislature when they try to do things to help. Well, we need to make sure that we're backing the badge, and Governor Evers is really out of touch. If you're familiar with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and what happened when Kenosha yes. burned, never needed to happen. If you're familiar with what happened with the Waukesha parade massacre. So bad on crime, bad on education, and frankly, bad on the economy. It was one of the last governors in America to pay people more to sit on the sidelines. We need people back to work. She brings up that gun stuff. Her husband is Joel Clayfish, who's sort of the Ted Nugent light of Wisconsin gun politics. Back when he was in the legislature, he wanted to do away with a minimum age for hunting. I think you did a cartoon where there was a baby in a crib and there was a mobile above the baby with little guns on the mobile, I think was your cartoon yeah, the back kid's then. kid's got the cutest little trigger finger. <laughs> yeah. I bring that up because that probably does help her with the hunting, fishing crowd that her husband was pretty well known for that in the legislature. I also jo- I remember Joel Clayfish got uh, camo pink authorized to be worn in Wisconsin <laughs> for all people that wanted to wear pink instead of blaze orange in the field while they go hunting. Yes. Very important legislation. (laughs) She's going to go after Evers on crime. That's no big surprise. I mean, we know we've got some big crime problems here in Madison. Milwaukee is seeing some crazy crime on the interstates, in neighborhoods across the city. Car thefts and Mm -hmm. and, and shootings. Milwaukee's always been a pretty safe city compared to other big cities across America. So this surge in crime is scary and, and noticeable. But of course, I'm not entirely sure what the governor has to do with that. Still, you can tell that Clayfish here, she's good on TV. Oh, yeah. That was her profession. And she's going to have, I think, a softer 
personality that could pull in maybe more independents, maybe more suburbanites. Say. Well, she's she's from that part of Wisconsin yeah. that I think Republicans need to fight over, which is the suburban counties around Milwaukee. You know, I think those are really the swing areas of our of our state now, and I think some Republicans realize that. Not everyone does, but Trump isn't super popular in wealthy areas of Waukesha, Ozaki, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Washington County. Those people don't necessarily like Trump, but they, but they probably like Rebecca Clayfish as long as she's not too Trumpy. She's a cancer survivor. That's always a popular cause that she can speak to from personal experience. She was the point person on homelessness in Wisconsin. Gee, she had Wisconsin State Journal's editorial board often touting her efforts on that. She really took that over and was uh, Walker's lead person on trying to solve the homeless crisis in Wisconsin. Now, a lot of that stuff didn't get passed. Some of it did. Held up by the legislature, yeah, the, the but, Republican-run Senate, yeah. Right, but she was well known for that. I think that's something she's going to be able to champion that to show that she's got some compassion and maybe <laughs> try to differentiate herself from some of the male Republican candidates who don't come off as compassionate, maybe come off as a little more grumpy and mad. Yeah. And one thing that is good to point out, too, is that I mean, they're going to talk about Evers and education, but Wisconsin and and some of his COVID mandates, but we people forget that we haven't had any statewide COVID mandates since for 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 well over a year now in the state because the legislature shot them all down. Even in Madison, it's like you walk into a restaurant or a bar with a mask on for ten seconds and then you take it off. Yeah, but because you're going to eat or drink. It's not even a big deal in Madison. But that was hasn't da- been. that was Dane County, not. Tony Evers. And even that's gone now. You know, and that's that's gone now too. So people want to talk about Tony Evers has these all these mandates and restrictions, but he was he couldn't. The legislature run by Republicans wouldn't let him have any of those things. One thing that I think gay and lesbian advocates, including on the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board, will remember is that back when she was running for lieutenant governor, she talked about gay marriage as what's next? Are you gonna marry a clock? Yeah, which was a very— Are you going to marry a dog? And she did apologize for that pretty quickly. But gay marriage has been legal in Wisconsin for half a decade now, and the sky has not fallen and the world has not ended. No. And heterosexual marriage is still sanctified. So we, we should be okay. Well, that's the establishment in Canada. And if you're a betting person, I'd put money on her right now to win the Republican nomination for governor. But there are but two others. Bet. I'm not a betting person, Scott. <laughs> but Kevin Nicholson is running again. As I mentioned, Kevin Nicholson, a veteran, plays up his experience in the U.S. Marine Corps where he was an officer. He was in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. He served on the Wisconsin Board of Veteran Affairs. He's He's 44, 45. He's from Delafield. He's a business guy. Definitely running as the anti-establishment Republican candidate and really going after Clayfish. For example, when Clayfish was saying that they need to go and round up ballots from people and be aggressive about it the way that the Democrats have done, called ballot harvesting, is how the Republicans dismiss that and He said that harvesting ballots like Democrats was, quote, dumb as a bag of hammers. I've never heard that expression before. If I had a crew that was going to do my roof on my house, I think a bag of hammers would come in handy. It would be very useful. (laughs) Anyway, he's gone after her 
And even though he lost to Leah Vukmir back in 2018, and then Leah Vukmir lost to Tammy Baldwin when Baldwin was running for re-election for U.S. Senate, he didn't lose by that much. He lost by six points to Leah Vukmir as sort of the outsider who's never held public office. And Leah Vukmir was an established, pretty prominent state senator at the time. And it was definitely had the backing of the establishment party. And he's got billionaire GOP mega donor Richard Uline behind him. What was kind of interesting about that, though, was Uline's wife said she was for Clayfish and was oh. going to give Clayfish money. So they might be splitting up the bank account there and going after each other. You forgot to mention that Kevin Nicholson is incredibly handsome, which is very important <laughs> for running for public office nowadays. Ridiculously good looking. He is he is almost as good looking as your editorial cartoonist, <laughs> Phil Hans. I mean, it's like, it's close. It's close. We got a clip here where some of the things he's talking about is our society is slipping away. He wants to reestablish law and order because you know we don't do law and order anymore we we have no law and order and he wants to fix our schools and gosh darn it clean up our elections oh what a nice guy uh it's very trumpy oh okay is my point i i I think he's definitely positioning himself as the trumpiest candidate not counting ramthan who i'm not sure is a legitimate candidate we'll get to him in a minute well scott in 2015, we thought Trump was not a legitimate candidate either. So let's not okay. pretend we know what legitimate candidates are anymore. All right. Point taken. And he's got right. – Remember that Timothy Rantham has more electoral experience than Donald Trump ever had when he ran for president. That's a, actually true. Here's some of what Nicholson is saying. This was at some sort of Republican dinner recently, and he's playing up his military experience. Your governor, I'm going to serve as the commander of the National Guard. And I will demand of any president, I don't care their political party, before they deploy your sons and daughters out of our state, that they will state to me clearly what the strategic objective is of any military action ever going forward. And I owe you that, and I will deliver. Sort of a non-interventionist, let's not get involved in foreign entanglements, anti-Iraq war sediment. Well, and that sort of fits the Trump view of the world, is that it's America first, we're going to let the world do whatever it does, and we're going to focus on our bank accounts. Feels a little out of touch during during right now with the war in Ukraine. It does. I was just editing a letter to the editor from a conservative saying, U.S. needs to get involved right now. Back when he was running for U.S. Senate, I assume he hasn't changed. He favored medical marijuana, so he may have a little bit more of a libertarian bend here. I think that's part of the Trumpiness coming out. I think Trumpy people have a little bit more of a libertarian bend. Mm -hmm. I think the anti-marijuana crowd is the establishment Republicans who are sort of indebted to the Tavern League that's worried that a couple guys smoking joints is going to cut into their profits. The people who I think of like the mega crowd, the really, really pro-Trump crowd, they probably don't give a patootie about pot. Nicholson also is running against Voss in a way. He's been one of those out there ripping on Voss, Assembly Speaker Voss. As you may recall, Phil, we on this Wisconsin State Journal editorial board at the start of the year said, hey, Republicans, you really need a new speaker. You need a speaker who's not so partisan and petty. And the Republicans are like, yeah, we need a speaker who's more partisan and more petty. I think they missed what we were saying there. Nonetheless, that really has become a talking point. Basically, nobody likes Rob 
Robin Voss. Except Mark Pocan. Mark Pocan still likes Robin Voss. They go to double dates sometimes, right? (laughs) Yeah, but I got to get this in. Nicholson compared Voss to Scooby-Doo, which I thought was funny, even though Voss isn't smoking pot. Didn't Scooby-Doo and Shaggy were big potheads, weren't they? No, what are you talking about? It's a Saturday morning cartoon (laughs) show. You are just implying something that was never outright said during the TV show. Well, Scooby Snacks, come on. Scooby Snacks. Just for the record, Nicholson sitting there at... 8% 8% of the of people said they will vote for him. About 80% of Republicans said they don't know who he is. So he doesn't have a ton of name recognition. But there, it means there's a lot of chance to still get his name out there and make some waves in this in election. Here's another comparison to Trump. Not too long ago, he was a Democrat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, Nicholson was— Oh, he spoke at the Democratic Convention. Yeah, yeah. He was so conservative, he led the College Democrats of America as a student at the University of Minnesota about a decade ago. So he's a gopher? Yeah. Another reason not to vote for him. But, you know, Trump was giving money to Hillary Clinton not too long before he ran for office. None of that matters in the Trump era. I mean, what Trump said yesterday doesn't matter. If he's saying the opposite today, then his disciples get on board with that. Nicholson, though, has at least shown a little more backbone. They were asking him about, did Biden win the election? He basically said yes. In a flawed process. And he might not be as clear on how elections work as, say, Rebecca Clayfishes. She knows how they work. I'm not sure he does. Maybe his lane is sort of like the baby bear of the, of the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, because Clayfish is going to be too establishment, and Rantham's going to be too crazy. Nicholson might just be might be mm-hmm. just right for some people. Mm-hmm. Little crazy, little establishment, very handsome. Yeah, he's smooth. That clip we had there. He's a good speaker. He's very confident. But when you're that handsome, you're very confident. And if you get Trump's endorsement in the Republican primary, that could make it a lot harder to win in the fall. But he's not worried about the fall. He's, he wants to get through the primary. Who cares about the fall? Who cares right. about actually winning an election and governing when you've got partisan points to score here? I wouldn't count them out, especially if that billionaire is going to dump millions and millions of dollars in dark money to help him. One of the best things that Trump did was he got out raised and outspent by Hillary's, proving that money can't always buy elections in in, uh, in in our politics right now. So I've heard this on from Democratic candidates where it's like they are spending lots of money on ads on broadcast television which nobody was watching. Well, at the meantime, are underutilizing social media in in ways. So I'm not sure money necessarily can is a guarantee of success, but it helps. At the moment, Tony Evers is the big money candidate. He's got way more than Clayfish or any of the others. No, and he will be for a good chunk of this election. I mean, he's the incumbent. He had 10 million bucks the last time I looked. So let's talk about Timothy Rampson. Do we have to? Uh, he's 64, 65-ish. Uh, happy birthday on March 13th. Oh, Timoth- Timothy Rampson. Nuts. He will turn 65. He'll always be the guy with the salmon suit. To me, because that was sort of the first picture we had of him in the paper. I didn't even know who he was, but he was sort of the last guy that still wanted to undo the election. And he was wearing that salmon suit, and that picture kept getting the paper over and over and over again, and online. It wasn't just us. It was like the only picture that had ever been taken of him. the only suit he's got, Scott. It's like, wow. Did he buy it at St. Vinny's, you think? uh, No, he went to, like, West Bend and... He's in Campbellsport there, so he probably drove over to West Bend to some men's warehouse. I don't know, Coles, yeah. Big conspiracy theory guy. He's all about all I want is the truth, but 
The truth has been pretty clear and laid out by multiple sources, including conservative groups that have looked at the election, but he doesn't want to hear it. He's a management consultant of some sort. I will give him credit. He did serve on the Kewaskum School Board as president, so he did have some experience even before the legislature, but he was first elected in 2018. We got a clip of him on Steve Bannon's show. Oh, yeah. And then he also does this Ramthan report uh, every Friday that's kind of funny. Just sort of riffs on whatever he's thinking and what press release he's going to put out. And so he, it's very different than our podcast. <laughs> he, well, he sits in front of a wooden sign that says, Trust in the Lord. Oh, yeah, that, that is very different than our podcast. We don't really have that here. Steve, I don't lie. I tell the truth. I don't break rules. I'm on the, on the facts, and, and that's what they're trying to do now. So now it's turned personal, and it gets into this character smear you know, campaign stuff that's going on. I'm sure. still focused on the goal. Sure. I'm moving this thing across the goal. Here also is some of what he said when he announced his campaign for governor. I'm, going, I'm calling for, I'm going to do a full forensic physics cyber audit of the 2022 gubernatorial election. No matter the outcome of this of your, this year's elections, I want everything to be revisited and reviewed. Of all the candidates we've listened to, he definitely wins for best Wisconsin stereotypical accent. Don't you know? <laughs> I like how the, the remaining conspiracists on the election, they keep trying to outdo each other with the adjectives around audit. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a... Uh, like it used to be it a was full, forensic, full forensic. Now he added in physics. A full forensic physics, physics cyber audit. Because <laughs> he remembers back, yeah, I remember that one class in high school that was hard and I couldn't do it. Well, I, I do think one, it was physics. It was physics yeah. So we're going to have him do that. Full civics, AP literature, forensic astronomy audit. Rope climb <laughs> audit. <laughs> I don't take this guy seriously. But there are going to be Wisconsin voters who do. He's going to get thousands of people in this state to vote for him. And God forbid, he might be the guy that gets the most if, if he gets an endorsement from Trump. I mean, Trump rewards loyalty more than anything else. Yeah, but Nicholson's the- been kissing his behind too. I mean, I, I don't see him going for Ramson. If you're Clayfish, though, you got to feel good about, well, at least Nicholson's there. To kind of siphon away some of that. Yeah. I, I mean, th- if you're if you're Clayfish, you got to like that there's two of them as opposed to one. The one problem that Clayfish is going to face is that I would tell you, before these two screwier conspiracy-minded candidates got into the race, I would have said Clayfish has got a really good chance of defeating Tony, Tony Evers in 2022. She has a track record. She's going to have support. She can come off as really reasonable and fair-minded, I think, to people. And that's going to be key to winning those few votes in the center. I think but every time you question the election or, or delve into some of Trump's conspiracies, you lose those votes in the center. And that's where this election is going to end up being, being run in 2022 in November. Well, and she might blow all of her money on just defeating Nicholson. On the other hand, we had a story in the paper the other day that said every time somebody has defeated a sitting governor in the last, well, in modern political history in Wisconsin, it's always come out of a competitive primary. Yeah. So maybe this primary isn't the worst thing in terms of getting people to pay attention to criticism of Tony Evers because – you know, the guy's so mild-mannered that he's kind of hard to criticize. People are generally, they're sort of like, well, I don't know, nice guy. Maybe he's not doing a whole lot, but he's not screwing things up. He's not screwing things up too bad. That's yeah. the best thing you can say about Tony Evers. But nowadays, maybe that's good enough. Compared to Donald Trump, 
That is very, very good. I, you know, I think Tony Evers is just our own personal Joe Biden. You know, he's he's yeah. mild mannered. He's a decent, good human oh, being. Yeah. He's respectful. You know, you can tell you can you can tell he's a good person. Yeah, and maybe the job's a little too big for him. Uh, maybe he doesn't know everything. Maybe he doesn't have the best ideas. But he's not screwing it up too bad. And he's pro-education because he was the superintendent of schools for many years and won elections doing that. And so that's kind of baked in that he's going to spend money on your kids' schools and he's going to try hard as a decent human being to educate them. Yeah. And there's no doing away with that. And now they're with the mask mandates and everything gone, I think he's harder to pin. I mean, you've got a strong economy. I think you, you try to beat him up on inflation. Well, that's sort of the Joe Biden thing, you know, because the, they spend, think, spend so much money at the federal government. And But let's not pretend that because he can't control inflation doesn't mean he can't get blamed for it. Well, true. But he got all this money from the feds and lucky for him, he got to spend it however he wanted. He didn't have to put a lot of that federal money through the legislature. Yeah. So he can crow about, look what I did here. Look what I did. Look at the broadband. I mean, he's basically solving rural broadband with help from the Republican legislature. He is going to be building a lot of roads. He got to do the the photo op with Biden up on the bridge by Superior there, which I didn't realize that that's corroding. I went over that bridge last year. <laughs> they don't let big trucks on that bridge? Wow. I didn't know that. That's why you just have a Subaru. Yeah. All right. Well, let's fix that bridge. Anyway, still possible could be Eric Hovde. He's still out there lurking. You, oh, another very handsome man. From Madison. He's around 57, 58, real estate investor and manager. Uh, Unless you don't like him, then you call him a hedge fund guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I actually spent a lovely uh, evening having uh, beers with him on a a dock once. uh, He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Whether or not he's going to run, you remember he did finish second to Tommy Thompson in that race for U.S. Senate against... Tammy Baldwin. Well, that was he, back in 2012. He had sort of. He was the Tea Party candidate. He was mm-hmm. the. He was the tax enough already, and return more of your money to you. And the government's getting too big, and Obamacare is a disaster type candidate. And Tommy's establishment. And I Tommy's, mean, and that was way before Trump. But now he's sort. But, I mean, his sort of ideology feels very much establishment nowadays in a post-Trump world. Yeah, I'm not sure he can pull that off the way maybe Nicholson can. And then, of course, Tommy Thompson, as always, uh, is not ruling out not running. <laughs> to the grave, we'll, we'll never say he might not. He's absolutely not running for governor. Here's what he told WISN's uh, Terry Sadler on Channel 12 in Milwaukee. I am not going to retire. That is not in the cards. Uh, but I will, uh, I will be doing something, and everything is... Uh, I've said that is on the table, and we'll look at it, and I'll make a decision uh, sometime in April as to what I want to do next. If you can water ski, can you run for governor? Why not? Not saying that it's in the cards, but uh, I, I'm physically and mentally capable of doing anything. He can water ski. He did also break his arm doing it this year, so maybe he's not that good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was just no. That was just because Steve Noss was driving the boat. I forget. That's right. On your cartoon, I mean, Tommy. You know, he did great at UW System. He came in and ran that. He's he's really good at running big bureaucratic institutions. He like ran, the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, he ran HHS, which is larger than most countries in terms of the money they spend. 
I mean, sure, he's 80, but could he do it? Yeah. Is he going to get elected in the Trumpian Republican world? I don't think so. He's a Bush guy at heart. He's just way too reasonable and moderate. And professional. To professional to be a Trump guy. I mean, he respects public education and the role of our university system. I mean, these things are like, like, you know, these are un-Trumpy things. And he's even said some good things about Obamacare. Gasp. Horror, horror. Be still my heart. And I'd love to see him run. I I would too. I I mean, I think he would bring a a real conservative voice because Rantham's not conservative. These aren't conservative people. These are Trump Trump values. They're not conservative values. And we can't conflate the two. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Clayfish has some real conservative values, but, you know. Tommy would be a real conservative who knows the way the world works and knows how to run stuff, you know, and be, it'd be great for the debate, but he's probably not going to win. No, the Tommy candidate would have been Bill McCoshin, who was Tommy's protege, who was a commerce secretary back in his 20s. But Bill decided not to run. You know, Bill's another guy who's very competent and would do a great job, but is is too reasonable to win a Republican primary in this era, I think. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just a shame that, you know, Good, decent, reasonable people uh, don't really have much of a chance in Republican politics nowadays. So probably Clayfish. You know what nobody's talking about? They probably ought to be talking about who's running in 2022. Scott Walker, right? Ah, uh, no, man. He, he's, he's, he's looking for a promotion for president. I think he still is pines for that, that he wants to make another run at that. And Robin Voss isn't running, clearly, and nobody likes Robin Voss anymore. But do you think he ever wanted to be governor, Robin Voss? I'm sure he would love to be governor, but it seems like he's settled into his role of just being the Republican lightning rod who's not going to seek higher office. I mean, he could have run against Paul Ryan's clone, Ryan Style. Oh, yeah, Paul, yes. But for some reason... Who shares a birthday with the other Paul Ryan clone, Mike Gallagher. Yes. Now there's a conspiracy <laughs> for Ramson. <laughs> Our theme music is by Tube Tester.